now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright and so on. It's a rigorous training dished out who know all there is to know about horses and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Sign, the start of Season 2, the best podcast to create sound of horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. In this week's episode, building a horseshoe to support a horse with collateral ligament damage, also preparing the back of a hoof, and using leg weights for conditioning. And we also have a couple questions from our listeners. And over to my far right-hand side to answer these questions is Mike Stein. Hello, Travis. How are you? I'm doing good. Make sure you follow us on our Facebook feed and YouTube feed for every podcast we do. We have a matching video as well, and you can see us here in the studio. I'm waving to Mike. Mike's waving to me. If you have any questions, and we will answer them on the air. The way you do that is go over to equinedynamics.com, little contact uh, section at the very top. Put in podcasts in the subject line, and we'll answer your question on the air and get you some free swag, some stickers and stuff. So make sure you put in a return address as well. Welcome to Season 2, season Episode 1 of Season 2. We've been uh, off for the last, uh, what, two weeks, three weeks now? I think it ended up about three weeks. Three weeks. Um, unfortunately, we had some, on my, on my side, we had some stuff that I had to take care of here on the French. Uh, Mike was busy doing some other stuff, so we gave you guys a little bit of break. Uh, season two is going to have a lot more new stuff. We're going to have a whole bunch of people here in the audience. We're going to have call-in interviews, and we are also going to be out at the Ag Center here in our local town, uh, Union County, North Carolina. It was where we broadcast from. We're going to be at a live event, uh, Ag Center. Mike, do you have more details on that? Well, that's. Uh, I will be doing a little bit of a talk. There will be several speakers speakers there. The J&L Elite Buckeye Feeds is putting this on. They've asked us to be there. So if you we'll, like... We'll see. Yeah, well, so if you'd like to join us, uh, just email Mike and we'll get you all the directions and stuff on where that is as well. Now, just a recap from season one to season two. Mike, you've been busy. What have you been doing in the meantime in between the two? Well, I was at the Carolina International three-day event. Visited had clients there. Been trying to keep up with fuel prices. I spent about 1100 bucks on fuel about a month ago. Gee. And you got and you've got diesel, right? You got, got a big diesel, diesel, yes. And so, how much is that a gallon now? Five something, six mm-hmm. something? It's been bumping over five dollars a gallon God some places. It's starting to back off a little bit, but boy, that bites into uh, into your profits when your your fuel more than doubles. Now, all the restaurants and stuff having to upcharge on their stuff. Have you had to change your pricing or anything? I I know you're a pretty fair guy as far as right. you know. I'm, a- I'm asking people to chip in a bit, and I'm also rearranging schedules. So I'm kind of compressing some things together to cut down on mileage and being on the road so much. My, where I am is always changing. Hey, are you compressing it down to like a, a longer day to get like 20 people in as to two short days where you get 10 on this day and 10 on this day? You're doing less. Some, than- some of the days have become longer days. Some of the things we've had to look at and decide whether or not we need to be doing this anymore. You know, there's areas where the clientele has backed off a lot. Depending on what I was doing, some of that will be changing. Well, as you guys know, when we left off, uh, my wife wife was getting ready to buy a brand new horse. Uh, I went down to Florida for a couple weeks to help my dad out with some uh, things he was going on down there and came back up and lo and behold, Mike, we have a brand new horse. We have a, is it a gelding where it's a boy that's been fixed, right? Is that what the proper term is? I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) So we have a brand new three-year-old dressage horse 
by the name of Diego. Have you met Diego yet? I have met Diego. And what was your uh, experience? And did you do the whole, as he was walking and all that stuff, your your total visual? Um, well, I took a quick look at him as he came in the barn. By God, she wanted something uphill. He is uphill. What does that mean? <laughs> his withers are set higher than his rump. Is that good or bad? Depends on what you're looking for. It's always a depends. Now, for dressage, you want them up in the front end. Okay. Yeah, as he matures out, we'll see how he grows. Because, you know, at his age, he's still going to get a little taller. He's still going to get a little bigger. Basic horse, he's there. And uh, then got to take a look and start thinking, how are we going to handle him? Because the one thing that I'm looking at with him, is, since he is as uphill as he is, is uh, how am I going to support that back end? Because he's, he's going to create some down pressure back there. My wife, I asked her this morning because we were out uh, feeding the horses. I said, well, how, how big is Diego? And she said he's 16'1". And at three years old, that's really, really, I guess, big for a three-year-old. Well, if you really want to know what size he is and what he weighs, you can put your foot up under him and let him stand on it. No, that's thank you. That's how you weigh a horse, right? <laughs> but she said he's going to grow another two inches. So Good chance of that, yes. So that's what we're looking at as far as we have a brand new horse on the property. Uh, so now we have a, a total of four horses. And then, of course, we rescue. or not rescue. We work with a fostering a, a couple horses You're here. You're starting to get enough horses here. You can start making money with them. Well, I'm hoping. That's the whole plan. Right? That's the whole plan. To take your, your retirement fund from going into the horses to hopefully making some retirement money out of the horses. Yeah, let me know how that works for you. <laughs> I know. There's a formula there that doesn't quite work. And you're, in my mind, it works. But sometimes it just doesn't work for whatever reason. All right, guys, stick around. We you got know a- how you make a small fortune with horses anyway, don't you? What's that? Got to start with a big one. Well, we do definitely have a big one. All right, guys, stick around. We got a lot more to get into. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the official farrier of the 2018 World Equestrian Games. And make sure you follow him on his Facebook page. The way you find him is go to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And Mike, you've been posting a lot of videos up on your Facebook page. I've been watching them, uh, some past videos that you've been that you've done before, some current ones I saw that you had up there as well. Trying to get a few up, what do you call it? The video page for a good while. I hadn't right. put a lot on there. Trying to get a few things up there that we've talked about on the show mm-hmm. so people can go there and see what's going on, what we're talking about, yeah, what put, we're working with. Yeah, put the two together. You hear this on the on the podcast. Go over to his Facebook page. Make sure you like him. And also subscribe to his YouTube page because we post a video like this video that we have here in the studio. Season two, we're going to have a whole bunch of people here in the audience or in the studio as well. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to talk to them. We'll have some saddle fitters. We'll have some trainers. So it'll be a visual aspect of the podcast that'll bring us closer to you guys as well. Now, we're going to get into building a shoe to support a horse with collateral ligament damage. Now, First of all, let's talk about what is collateral ligament damage first. The collateral ligaments help support and stabilize the joint. The reason I brought this up is one of them got sent to the house, one of the vets that I work with down in South Carolina, because of location, they trucked the horse to me. On this one, it was the lateral side, meaning the outside, and you manage that a little bit different from inside the outside because I can put some metal outside the foot on the outside of the foot where on the inside, if I put a quarter-inch 
three-eighths of an inch of metal to set into the inside, well, they'd just step it off. Can you put boot bells on them to help them keep it from stepping off or no? You probably can, but if you get that much out there, they're going to grab hold of it. Okay. What we were doing was on the inside branch of the shoe, we tapered it way down, narrowed it, because on soft surfaces, it would sink into the ground. As that sinks into the ground, the coffin bone tilts down to the outside, and it shortens, slacks off of that ligament that's to the outside. And if it was a medial side ligament, you, d- you do this in reverse. The other thing is is broadening out that outside of the branch of the shoe, and I, wel- I welded in some metal on it so that I could make it wider. So the outside branch of the shoe that they contacted the ground, I made it about half again wider than what it was originally, but between forging and laying a piece of rod down the inside to broaden that out because on soft ground, I want some flotation. I want that side to sit on top. When a horse turns, say he's turning away, um, from a right, it was a left-hand side hoof. When he turns to the right, I want that foot to roll easily to the right because if he's got a lot of breakover to the medial side, as the foot moves and the, you know, the bone column starts going that way before the foot starts going that way, it stretches against that collateral ligament. When he's going the other way, I want it to stay on top because when he goes the other way, it shortens the collateral ligament. And what we're trying to do is take mechanical stress off of that ligament because we want to give it a chance to heal up. They're also going to do some shockwave and a few other things on it to help stimulate circulation there. Well, we actually had the vet come over for Dominique, our female, our mare, mm. um, and do the shockwave on her spine. I guess she's got a little bit of, of kissing spine somewhere. I, I'm not sure. I could be totally wrong on that, but she came over the other day and did some some stuff on her on her back. Yeah, I do believe they did come up. We're dealing with some, a little bit of kissing spine problems mm. with her. And that's one of those deals that's probably a little more prevalent out there than people know. We've started looking at that a lot more than we used to so guess what we're finding a lot more there's plenty of horses out there that probably have it that are not hurting now the collateral ligament damage what causes it just say you just sprained your ankle okay okay that's an easy so it's nothing hereditary like this horse is always going to have this problem this is just something that it's come up from walking in the fields or walking now we have a nice rainy day today it's very uncommon or not uncommon for a horse could be a slip could be a slide a buddy was helping the horse out out in the field right this is what it's it's a fix to bring it back around around to, to full service. Right. And for what we understand that this probably got created during turnout. We can do certain things for horses and we can be careful about what we're doing when we have them in hand, we're working them, whatever. But when they're out in the field with their buddies sometimes, they have to do stuff to each other. You know, they just do. They just do. And sometimes we get we get some injuries because of assorted rough housing or whatever when they're out in the field. I know when we um when I was down in Florida at the time we just had the two ponies here and my wife brought this new horse, Diego, to the property and they got along fine all three of them the ponies are two females and diego's a male of course and they got along fine but the other horse dominique remember i said she was at the other barn being boarded right she came home a week later and she's the alpha female she ran those horses all through all three pastures back and forth she was making sure everybody knew who she was well i mean imagine being gone from your house for a couple weeks and come back and there's someone's <laughs> moved in you got a new roommate <laughs> <laughs> all right guys stick around we got a lot more to get into and answer your questions as well. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the 2017 American Eventing Championship Farrier and also a good man all around. I mean, he's uh, he's very knowledgeable as far as what's going on in the equine world. If you want like to follow him, go over to Facebook as well, and that's Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. Just type that in. You'll find him. You got a nice little mug shot up there. Probably so. Probably <laughs> so. He's been posting a whole bunch of videos. And make sure you follow him on YouTube as well, because every podcast we do, have a matching video, me waving at Mike, Mike waving at me. And like I said, we're going to have more people here. Now, we'd like to get your questions on the air as well. And the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com at the top of the page says contacts fill out the little form there in the subject line please put podcast so mike can decipher between all the other emails that he gets and he will answer your question uh, like we have a couple that we'll get to here in just a few minutes now we're going to dive into preparing the back of the hoof now when you say the back of the hoof are you talking back of the hoof or the back side of a hoof well what i'm talking about is the bearing surface the what goes against the ground and to the back of the hoof so all four all four hooves but all just four just all four feet but not just the, the back feet Okay, that's what, four feet. that's what I had to decipher. All right, so how do you prepare for the back of the hoof? You know, that's one place that to me and the time I've worked in vet clinics and all where sometimes we're a little lacking. If you don't get the back of the foot prepared to where it should be, it creates a lot of force driving the foot forward. The heels cramming forward can cause quarter cracks, can cause flaring, and a n- number of problems. It's a lot easier for somebody to be a little better on the front of the foot than the back half. They talk about getting the heels back to the broadest part of the frog. If you do not go in there and clean up your frog and find where the frog terminates into the foot itself, that's still a distortion you're working with because as the frog goes up, it also shifts forward. You need to get in there and clean that out. You need to clean out your bars. need to find out where the bars terminate because that's going to be one of the guidelines to help you figure out where basically the center of that foot mechanically should be, you know, meaning basically the center of rotation. If you're not doing that, you're kind of working a little blind. You're not landing on your your landmarks. You're not you're not balancing the wheel on your car. So you have a little bit of a wobble to it. Yes, you got to get the the hoof itself under the bone column. If the foot is driving forward out from under the bone column, even just standing there, the amount of stress on tendons and ligaments that causes that needs to be taken care of and addressed properly. And we need to pay attention to detail. You know, there are going to be ver- some variations with every horse you touch. None of them are going to be exactly the same on anything. We love for feet to match. They don't. You got to look at the horse back half of the foot. You got to look at the, each side of the hoof. You know, is that where we should be or not? And then pay attention to your bone column because that's going to make some differences in what goes on to the foot. We're not always dealing with a dead straight bone column, and we're not always dealing with the foot loading evenly from side to side. And what we need to do is kind of center up the pressure in the foot. Now, with my new horse, Diego, does he have shoes on or not? I, I, we're not know, planning I, on having, having shoes for a while. Okay. He needs to grow up some. And right now, he's getting the work that your trainer is putting in. You know, Brett's dealt with young horses plenty of times. And ideally, at this age, if we need to start putting shoes on him, we might be pushing him too fast. We might need to think about backing off some. Now, you were talking about earlier, like when a baby comes out, you're already looking at the hooves and the way they're forming. And you were, I believe you did say something about putting shoes on a on a baby horse, or was I miss... I have put something, done some builds on baby horses to work with leg straightening. You know, on a horse his age, he's still maturing. If there's, unless there's a real reason to do it, we need to let his feet mature out and let them expand a little 
little and as it gets bigger. If there is a problem we need to deal with, we deal with the problem. So right now he's he's, right, he's good to go. Right now he's good to go. Regular maintenance because we don't want anything getting out of control, but we should be able to keep him going just fine with just regular hoof maintenance. Then we'll see where he is as, as he gets a little bit more mature and the workload picks up. All right, guys, stick around. Uh, we got a couple more little segments to get into, and then we'll let you go back to enjoying your day. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. I got a honeybee beating on my screen door. I got a little buzz in my head. So from my bed, I can feel the sun. Lord, right here, the morning comes. Just a creepin'. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast to create sound of horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. Make sure you follow us on our Facebook page, and the way you do that is to go over to Equine Dynamics and, and search for Mike Stein as well, and then you can see the Facebook page. He's been posting videos. He'll take your questions right there on the Facebook page as well, and we'll answer them here on the very next podcast. Also, if you want to get your questions in straight to him, go to equinedynamics.com. Uh, at the top of the page, hit contacts. In your subject line, please put podcast. So Mike can decipher between all the other emails that he gets. And don't forget, in May, what's the date in May that we're going to be at the Ag Center here in Union County? I do believe it is the 28th. So the 28th, if you live in the North Carolina area and you'd like to come out and see us, Mike's going to be speaking out there along with eight other uh, speakers and answering questions from the audience as well. Yep. I'm uh, not sure exact numbers, but I know there's several speakers well, make that sure, will be there. Make sure that you uh, like them on the Facebook page, and we'll get, post all the information up there as well. And we'll have some free stuff for you if you come out and say, hey, I heard you on the air we love you guys all right now we're going to get into using leg weights for conditioning on for you or for the horse i'm not going to use leg weights <laughs> all i can think of is, is uh those suzanne summer videos and and leg weights that kind of wrap around their velcro and they got like sandbags and people in the 80s were walking around with leotards and stuff is it kind of the same way kind of the same thing without the leotards with love the leotards <laughs> on a horse you can put leotards on a horse if you like to that's you know that's everybody's a, into the, what they're into that's a different circus so tell me about the leg weights that are going on horses well there are a number of boots with a little bit of weight added to them a vet that i worked for there was always horses that are a little uneven a little weak on one side they need a little help he would use some leg weights to help build a weak leg if you're using leg weights just at a slow pace you're not going to go out and gallop them with anything like that also with leg weights some of them you you can get some rub problems now what this veterinarian did was old socks and you put a fistful of sand in there and wrap the leg with it you've got horses that sometimes you need to get them to engage muscle where they haven't been using it and that's one of those things you've got to be really careful with because at speed you can create damage with weight now what's the difference between putting the leg weights on like you were talking about like the sock and sand and the the shoe that you were talking about where you actually put like the lead fillers the little pellet things on it to to fix a paddle foot or or well that was a little jack miller thing and it was in in the aluminum shoes that seemed to work out 
the weight you can you can put on for a little while, take them off. Is out in the paddock by himself. You can let him ease around with it. You know, use them as needed. Take it on and off and on and off, and you can adjust it. Have you grabbed a broom handle by the very end and lifted the broom like this way? Lift it or right. just straight up lift it? Just like lifting the end off the ground this way. Yes, it's very hard because of the pitch and lever system. Right, and you got to think about that when you're doing this with a horse because the length of that leg. If you take that that leg and you extend it out, that's a long lever arm up to the hip or up to the shoulder. So it takes very, very little weight to make a difference. So here's a, here's a question that I have, Mike, only because I don't know. Do they actually have treadmills wide enough for horses to walk on them as you put these weights on them? Because I'm thinking if I've got a horse that's got leg weights and it's going to be out in the pasture, mm. I, I, I see more damage than good. You well, would, see, that's, that's one of the things is you've got to be careful with it. There's been a lot of a lot of deals, different deals used, just something to create a little more action. I tell you, one of my clients, and this actually worked out pretty good she had a horse that was always a little weak on one side in the back end and she used a cat collar with a bell on it and that was it and that was it you know working the horse with that it was very little weight but that that created more action in the leg and that horse now is stronger on that weak side in the back end now the horse didn't like freak out because every time it moved the bell went off or well they're all going to handle these things a little different (laughs) sometimes to build like say work with your vet if you've got a horse this weak on one side if you've got damage you don't want to inflict damage to the damage it's like old doc's deal was just a little fistful of sand out of your arena you don't have to spend a lot of money they've got kits and the deals you can buy of course you could spend it's if it's got a picture of a horse on it you can spend as much money as you want to automatically he would take that little string off a feed bag and tie it with that because that's a little itty bitty string if they Mm -hmm. hang on something it'll pop just so it comes right off you wrap it around and that would conform to the leg nice and usually don't didn't have much of a rub problem i have seen some of these boots rub a horse and you don't want anything rubbing the horse because then you get into other problems but it is something to think about with your training program is my horse consistent from side to side most horses don't really need this if you've got a damaged hock damaged stifle damaged joints i'd think real hard about it and you need to know what's going on and you need to be working with good professionals that have gone down this kind of a road because you can add a little bit of weight on some of these horses and you can hurt them and you need to be very aware of what's going on in your horse if you use this at all. The reason this was brought up, Amy had sent a whole list of alternative therapies that could be talked about. Who's Amy? Amy is Amy. Okay. You know Amy. Yes. She lives around, not not I, I was going to say, another my, Amy. why is my wife sending you a list of stuff to talk about? I don't about? know why your <laughs> wife sent me a list. I don't think it was that Amy. Okay. So, But there are a lot of things on the market. There are plenty of things that this is the new popular thing. This is the new treatment. We've seen treatments come up and treatments disappear and this kind of light's popular and then something else came in and then we got the, the newest pulse therapy unit and I saw pulse therapy units 30 years ago. They yeah. were around. Wasn't that popular at the time? Then we tried something else, and that becomes popular. Now we're doing shockwave. Now we're doing, and everybody, this is what we got to do for everything. Some of these old remedies still work. You know, there are ways to get stuff done. And I've seen some weighted bell boots. In fact, I have been given some. And I'll tell you that I have used them a little bit on a rehab horse and also ended up with some rub problems. And so that I backed off of using them. But there are also some splint boots that have inserts that you can put a little flat piece of lead in there. I have seen that. But for the most part, before we get into these weights, 
or stuff like that. We need to back up. We need to take a look at our ride. We need to take a look at our work program. And we definitely need to take a look. Is there something underlying going on with this horse? Why is he uneven? All of them are a little uneven, just as we are. <laughs> Tell me about But, it. you know, before you go doing this, be safe, be smart. Make sure you cover your bases first. And don't do something to promote injury of the horse. Because if we're injuring the horse by doing something... Mm, probably wasn't the right thing to do and our whole goal is to keep these horses going longer and stronger and performing better without injury all right guys stick around we got one more segment to get into and then we'll let you get back to and enjoying your day stick around you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein he'll be right back here comes old rose she's looking mighty fine here comes hot and dance she's stepping right on time here go the street lights Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. I figured out who Amy was. Amy's the your office manager, right? Is yeah. that who? Okay. Yeah, these were these were things that were sent to Amy through the website. And you guys can get your questions to Mike Stein as well. Go to equinedynamics.com and click on the, uh, not the podcast, the contact section. Sorry, I get the two confused. And make sure you put podcast in the subject line and we can discuss your topic here on the air as well. And we're going to get to a question from a listener. Mike, do you remember who this listener was? Because we're going to send them out some free stuff. I'm sure Amy at the office probably knows, right? Probably. Okay. The question is, uh, why are x-rays beneficial to a farrier? They are very beneficial. One of the problems I have run into in a couple situations is we have x-rays and this is going on. I've had this happen more than once. The veterinarians that I work with a lot, they will appear. They send them to me. It's not a problem. If you have x-rays shot, if the vet is not sending them to your farrier that are hoof x-rays, make sure you get them and make sure the farrier sees them. If I've got a horse that's thin sold, there are a few more things I need to look at, like hoof positioning around the joint. If the horse is shod, where is that based around the joint? Where is my breakover? Where is my support? How does that line up? Remember, we're talking about identifying the center of the foot. Yes. That breaks down to a much finer area. Some of these things from the external part of the foot are a little subjective, but it gets us in the ballpark pretty close. When you shoot x-rays, if you've got good x-rays. Now, you've gone out with your phone and you've shot x-rays of or pictures of assorted things. Right. And then you've seen the professional photographer's pictures. There can be that much between x-rays and x-rays. So you want good x-rays that we can tell exactly where things are. There's some programs we're going to run some measurements on the x-rays and we can dial it into you know millimeters. If I've got an x-ray that is not set up correctly. On a flat surface. On a flat surface. Right. Alignment of your beam is just right dead on. Your distances are right. How close are you to your plate that is picking up on this side? Because as you shoot the x-ray, that beam spreads. It's kind of like a blast out of a shotgun. Right in the center are your closest tolerance, say the size of a 50-cent piece. If you got the plate right against the foot, you're going to have a certain amount of magnification because of that beam spread between the coffin bone itself and the plate. If I've got the plate set two inches off the foot, I've got more magnification. I want that plate as close as possible when the x-rays are shot. And you can figure about 10% magnification, roughly, give or take. Maybe it's 8% on a, a little tiny foot. Maybe it's 12 on a great big foot. But you can figure 10% when you're looking at things. If I've got a plate that's set back two inches, well, that skews that. 
So how the x-rays are shot mean everything. Yeah, just as I said about a, I think I brought this up last series. Last season, yeah. About a horse that I had x-rays on. The communication was, this horse has ring bone. Horse has four legs. You have low ring bone, high ring bone. Is it the front of the joint, side of the joint, back of the joint? It makes a difference. And, and that, that person just said, no, it's got ring bone. That was it. It has ring bone. We need this fixed. Okay. <laughs> Again. And I said, what? high ring bone, low ring It has ring bone. Right. Which leg is it in? It has ring bone. And this was to the owner, who is the vet that I need to contact? Well, I'm talking to the vet. Now, I no longer work for this person, but yes, there were x-rays. I don't know what they mean. So if you can't get them in front of the farrier, it's kind of hard for the farrier to tell anything off x-rays. A situation like that, Yeah, I just held steady as to where I was, and I probably said, okay, if I can't get the x-rays, I should not come back and do the horse, which would probably be the smarter thing to do. Probably. You've got to be able to see them. There are occasions where x-rays pop up, and, and it comes you're, you're playing the game of telephone mm-hmm. when this one told this one told this one told this one i don't know what the interpretation is and i'm not going to make any kind of guesses as to what it is because i'm probably going to end up wrong well it, 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 i picture it just like if a doctor you go into the doctor's office you go oh doctor i got a pain right here and he's like all right let's just cut your wide open and kind of wheel around in there and find out what's wrong with you without taking x-rays right yeah yeah <laughs> and then there's nothing wrong with you and like, you end up dying on the table like you said you hurt you hurt your back in three places well don't go back to those places <laughs> but i'm boom. Well, and Mike, you didn't answer my question. Do they actually have treadmills for horses? Oh, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Yeah, don't let They do have treadmills for horses. I've seen treadmills on horses. And they elevate, and they speed up, and they slow down, and... It probably costs 50 times more because it has a horse picture on it somewhere because they are just for horses, right? It's a little larger than the treadmill that... That I run on. That you run on. Right. Yes, they do, and I have seen them more than one place, um... I had a customer who had one in the back of their barn. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. All right, guys, what did we learn today? Building a horseshoe to support horse with collateral ligament damage. Just support it correctly. Work with your professionals. Take care of the problem. The best thing is, is hopefully you never have the problem. It's not something we're going to see every day. Preparing the back of a hoof, and that's the back of a hoof. All a four. hoof. A, a hoof. hoof. The hoof. Whichever hoof you got in your hand at the moment. Right. Preparing the back. Pay attention to details. Get your landmarks where they need to be. Be as accurate as you can. And using leg weights for conditioning on a treadmill. <laughs> or not on a treadmill. I just really not a treadmill. If you whatever. got a treadmill, great. I don't. Be very careful. Check out your horse. Find out if there's anything underlying. And be very, very, very careful about overloading the horse if you go in that direction. But before you go that way, find out what's going on. And also, uh, x-rays are very important to a farrier. So if you have something wrong with your horse, make sure you're getting the proper x-rays taken and get those to your farrier. And he can kind of decipher them as far as what he needs to do next, what Mike needs to do next. Yes. Good x-rays and bad x-rays. It's a world of difference. If you want to look up, and I'll refer to this guy a lot, Dr. R.F. Redden in Versailles, Kentucky. He's got a very good guideline on how x-rays should be done for farriers. Now, he is... A podiatry-based veterinarian. He's been a podiatry-based veterinarian for 50 years. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. We're going to let you guys get back to enjoying the rest of your day. Make sure you follow Mike Stein on Facebook, and you can see all the uh, latest videos he's got posted up there. And make sure you follow him because we're going to be live at the Union County here in uh, North Carolina, and you'll get all the details in May. May 28th, did you say? May 28th, I do 
believe. All right. And uh, make sure you uh, like him on his YouTube channel. And that is Mike Stein, Equine Dynamics. You can look up JNL Elite and find the details. Okay, JNL Elite as well. And uh, make sure you have any questions. We'll answer them here on the air at equinedynamics.com podcast in the subject line. All right, guys. On behalf of Mike Stein over there. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you, Travis. Glad you're back in town. Thank you very much. My name is Travis Holmes. See you next time. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work is done. Just close your eyes and dream, little pal. Dream on.